Welcome to the Mama Theologians podcast. Mama Theologians is an online motherhood ministry on mission to revive spiritual growth in the midst of motherhood. We offer our devotional and narrative podcast episodes to further equip mothers in theological study, biblical literacy, and spiritual formation. We pray that God will use these offerings for His glory and that He will revive and deepen your spiritual growth in Jesus. Thank you for joining in on our final few episodes of Season 3, A Lamp Unto My Feet, Abiding in the Light of God's Word to Illuminate Our Lives. You're listening to one of our conversation episodes hosted by our mama theologian, Amy Fisher, as she talks about Bible reading and study with another one of our mama theologians. I know that these conversations will be edifying, encouraging, and will help to practically equip you to further read and study God's Word. Enjoy! Welcome to the Mama Theologians podcast. My name is Amy Fisher. As Rachel mentioned in the introduction, this is a little bit of a different format for the podcast where in the past we've had the contributors reading their pieces that are you can find on the website. In this one, I'm going to be chatting with a, another Mama Theologist contributor, Kylie Dunn. And this is setting off a little mini series on the podcast, which is all about reading the Bible. We're going to talk about why we read it. We're going to talk about what we do when we actually crack open our Bibles. And then we're going to talk about how to make time for that. So I know everybody is busy. Everybody has lots of things going on. So we'll be sharing some practical tips and ideas on how to actually make space for that in our daily lives. So today to chat with me again is Kylie Dunn. So Kylie, I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself and your family. Well, as Amy said, my name is Kylie, and right now we live in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I'm married to my husband, Ezra, who's a seminary student currently in process looking for full-time pastoral work. Um, And we have three girls, ages two to seven, um, and I homeschool them. And um, so that's just been a great joy and challenge um, in our life the last couple of years. That's awesome, Kylie. Yeah, I think we have a lot of similarities there. So since this is the, the first time I'm hosting this podcast, I'll just share. Um, I homeschool my kids too. So I have three boys um, who are eight, six, and four, which means there's lots of commotion in my house all the time. And we're recording this right before Christmas. And so the excitement is really hitting the fever pitch. But um, I live in the Northwest of the of England. So I moved here as a student from Indiana and kind of moved back and forth between the two places or a little bit, and then ended up settling here with um, my husband. So like I mentioned earlier, this little series is about reading and studying the Bible. And we're starting with a conversation about why we study the Bible in the first place. So what is our motivation for opening up God's word and spending time with it? So I want to talk about why we read the Bible, like what, what, what is the fact that we even have scripture, that we have a Bible, that we have a holy text? What does that tell us about the nature of God and his desire for relationship with us? So Kylie, what are your first thoughts on this? Cause I think that even before we open the pages of the Bible, I think there's something really telling that we have the Bible to even read. 
For sure. We take, I think we take it for granted because we're so used to just having copies of the Bible. I mean, I, I mean that in the sense of like in the first world countries, like we have so many copies and we have it on our phone and we have the audio version and we have, you know, different translations, but even just beyond that, regardless of even like pre-printing press, when you had like maybe one copy in your church or like for a town, it, it really says a lot that we have it because we can't see God and because of our sins separating us and because we're also just so different because he's God and we're humans, we can't know God unless he tells us about himself. So the fact that we have the Bible is that is because God has chosen to make himself known to us. And like, we can see some about him in nature because scripture talks about that. Like it's called general revelation where we can see certain things about God, mostly like that he exists and that he's powerful, but to be able to know more of his character and to know how to be saved and to know like about Jesus and more just details about him, we have to have scripture. Um, and God has chosen to give that to us. Um, it's, it's his word written by men as the spirit led them. And through it, we can know him not exhaustively because he's infinite, but we can know him truly. Um, and that's a huge gift. I think that is such a great point that, you know, we have, we have God's scripture in order to, to know him. And I think that is, it's sort of the foundation of this idea that it's a personal God, you know, it's a God who we can know a God who wants to make himself known to us. And I'm just thinking about how in, you know, in, in the new Testament, especially well in the old Testament as well, we get this language of adoption, you know, we're adopted into God's family. And I was asked a question not long ago about how do we develop a culture? How do we develop a family culture? And I was like, well, you share the same stories. You learn the same history. You have inside jokes. You have this shared experience in your background. And that is how you develop a family culture. And so I think in God's word, he's inviting us to be immersed and to share in the culture of his family. You know, we've got the stories of the history of Israel. We have the stories of Jesus. We have the stories of the early church. And by learning those and by allowing ourselves to be immersed in them and to get to know them, we are rooting ourselves in, in that culture. We're rooting ourselves in God's family. And that's going to give us just really strong base for our, our growth and our relationship with God and our relationship with his church here on earth and a relationship with the historical church as well, because we're not just, you know, Christians here in the, in modern times doing our own thing. We are standing on the shoulders of all the people who have come before us. And I think it's really exciting to um, realize that when we are reading God's word, yeah, we are, we're developing that shared sense of, of history and language that really wraps us up in, in his family. So I think we have, we have this first idea that by God giving us the Bible, he wants us to know him. It's, it's this invitation to know him and to be a part of his family and to be rooted in something much bigger than ourselves and this moment of time that we live in. But something else that has caught my attention, especially over this past year, is that the people who wrote the Bible, inspired by the Holy Spirit, but they often 
also communicated the reason why they were writing, they often say why they wanted other people to read their words. And I'll just take this example from the gospel of Luke. So Luke begins his, his gospel with, with this statement. He says, inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So I think this is super compelling. First of all, the men who wrote the gospels were eyewitnesses. You know, I think sometimes we can forget that these men walked with Jesus, they talked with him, they knew him, they saw him crucified, and they saw him resurrected. I mean, that's just, it's just mind-boggling to think that what we have when we read the Gospels are eyewitness testimony. And as a result of what they saw, they wanted other people to have certainty about it. So this is, this is why they wrote. They wanted them to have certainty concerning the things they have been taught. So one reason why we read the Bible and one reason why these men wrote their Gospels is so that we can have confidence and certainty. And so that really starts with these orderly accounts of what actually took place historic historically. So we can come to these, these accounts and these readings and we can build, build ourselves up on, on what these people told us about what happened. That passage in Luke makes me think a lot of, because John says something very similar in 1 John when he's talking in this intro in verses one to three, he's talking about, you know, it was from the beginning, but we've heard it. We've seen it with our eyes looked upon it and touched it with our hands, that it's, it's not just something they're making up. It's not an idea that they have even an idea that's been confirmed by God, but it's something that they've actually physically um, touched that they're bearing witness to um, like someone would bear witness at like a trial. Like you're, you're giving what you've seen and what is true um, from your own experience. Yeah, I think um, John in his in that in that first letter that he wrote in first John, he gives lots of reasons for writing in that epistle. And they're all really interesting. And I think they're they're probably more broadly true of other letters and writings in the mm-hmm. New Testament. You know, he talks about he's writing so that we may not sin. So if we want to live in a way that pleases God, if we want to walk in the way of righteousness, if we want to walk in the light, like John says, you know, he's writing these words so that we can walk in that way that pleases him. He also says we, he's writing so that we may know that we have eternal life. Again, this is about being confident in that truth, you know, knowing with certainty that we have eternal life. And, you know, it's just, just this real passion for the people to know the truth and to be able to walk in it and to be able to walk in righteousness. And I think that if we, if we sort of hear that and we think, well, that's what I want too, then then the consequence is then we open up our Bibles and we learn the truth and we read the truth and we immerse ourselves in that. And the word's going to be effective, which we'll, we'll talk about in, in just a few minutes. But I think that's so exciting to think about God's word, having the ability to give us that confidence and to help us walk in the light. Are there any other places where scripture talks about why we should read, why we should read it? I think, I mean, a lot of places talk about it and most of where I went was the new Testament that's mentioned in the old Testament as well, talking about the word 
knowing the word so that we can do it, which is echoed in, in the New Testament, um, especially like in First John 2, where he talks about whoever says I know him, but doesn't keep his commandments is a liar. And he goes on to say that whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. And, but to be able to keep his word, we have to know what it says. Um, just from a very practical standpoint, like you, you can't do what you don't know you're supposed to do. And so that, that's just one sense in which it informs our, what we do, but it doesn't do that in a way that's very much like laying down the law. Like you have to do this because it's also in Romans 5.14 talks about whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And Paul talks in second Timothy about scripture making us wise for salvation and that it's, it's breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching proof for correction and training in righteousness so that we may be complete and equipped for every good work. Like it's, it's not just the sense of, we know scripture so that we can do it. And it's this very um, legalistic, like this is why we're doing it, but it has to do with knowing God and with having hope and encouragement and endurance and salvation in what like salvation leading to what we do. And as well as that, it, that knowledge that leads us to salvation is also shaping what we do once we're saved um, and knowing God. I think that endurance is really key. And that's something that really comes through, especially in a lot of the new Testament epistles where Paul, John, they're often writing to churches who are suffering pretty intense Mm -hmm. persecution. And so they're sharing with them the truths that they believe will be the most encouraging and supportive and compelling as they go about what they are called to do as Christians. And so we, we are called to endure different sorts of things in our lives. But I think that very, I think we can often find the same sort of hope and encouragement in those letters and especially recognizing that these weren't written to people who had it all together. And these weren't written to people who had, you know, perfect circumstances and for whom life was easy. And yet these people are still coming along and saying, run the race and know the truth and you can do it and keep on going and it's all worth it. And so I think that's a message that we can all really stand to be (laughs) reminded of on a regular basis. I'm also just, I'm also reminded that this is a theme that comes through in the old Testament as well. It's not just the new Testament where we see these messages you know, reminding us to read it and to know it. Um, you know, God often gives the commands um, and he gave this command to the Israelites, tell the stories, you know, tell how I brought you out of Egypt, tell how you conquered this promised land, tell the stories to your children, you know, have these memorials so that your kids ask about it. And you tell them the story because they knew that this constant reminder and this constant passing on of the story is what would keep them from forgetting God and turning away and serving the false gods. And if you've read a bit of the Old Testament, you will know that they weren't really super great at it. (laughs) (laughs) I think we can relate to that. We can so quickly forget God. We can so quickly forget you know, what is going to be pleasing to him. We can so quickly 
lose a sense of walking in the spirit. And God created us so that when we remind ourselves over and over again of these stories and this history and these letters, the the whole gamut of scripture, that does form our minds and it forms our hearts, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, it's something that maybe we sort of engage with on an almost intellectual level, but it goes into our hearts and that's necessary so that we aren't as likely to turn away and go in a different direction. It's really essential to keeping us on the track towards God. So God's word gives us a foundation for confidence, for certainty. It's integrating us into the culture of God's family. And really, I think it's, it's just, it's what we need in order to stand firm in the middle of everything that is raging on around us from our broader culture to our immediate circumstances. So What I'd like to do now is sort of move our conversation towards the personal impact of God's word, because it's not a generic thing, is it? You know, like I think I said earlier, you know, God is a personal God. So you said before, Kylie, that God makes himself known to us through scripture. And when we encounter him through his words, we change, you know, we become changed people. We don't say the same. So I always think of this line in come thou fount of every blessing, which goes tune my heart to sing thy grace. I just, I always think that timing God's word, you know, Mm -hmm. learning it, I think that's how we tune our hearts. We attune ourselves to what God is saying. We attune ourselves to his voice, to his spirit. And that's just a really essential part of growing in our relationship with, with God. So what sort of role does, does scripture have in just changing us as people? I think you touched on a really good point when you're talking about it in our hearts and like, because it, it will affect our desires. And one of the ways I think that it does that and changes us thinking about second Corinthians three eighteen, when it says we all beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So, and, um, first John also talks about this, like that when we see him, we will be like him because we'll see him as he is. And so there's a degree to which whatever we're meditating on and beholding and really looking at, it's going to change us to be like that. I mean, we see that probably like personally, as well as like with our kids, you know, who they're hanging out with, they start talking like them and thinking like them and wanting what they want. And I I think the same is true with God's word. Now we're not, it doesn't feel quite as immersive as it might be being with a friend. So we have to be so much more intentional, I think about really being in it and being deep in the word and meditating on it so that, that it really is shaping all of our desires as we see God and his word and what he's told us about himself. So it's not always super positive. I think we think about it as this really like, oh, this is great. It's going to feel really wonderful. And like those moments of awe that we encounter that often do change us, but it's also, I mean, Hebrews talks about it being a two-edged sword and piercing to the division of soul and spirit. I mean, that's not really a nice sounding thing. Like it's going to convict us of sin. It's just discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Like sometimes our time in God's word, the way it changes us is actually a little bit painful when we read something and we realize that we have been falling short and not honoring God in what we're doing or realizing, you know, I need to go talk to somebody and repent of sin to them or just change the way I'm interacting with them. And it can, it can be painful, but that's part of how it works. 
I think that I think that's super true. And I think it's um, I think it's really important to call out the point that our time in God's word may not be all sort of daisies and roses and this amazing come away from it. And it might not always feel fruitful in that moment either. You know, I think one of one of our temptations in our current culture is we 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 really like quick fixes. Um, we really like every problem to have a solution. You know, we just think that if we can sort of like hack it, then, you know, then, then, then we're good to go. But, you know, we're, we're humans, we're not machines. And so you can't sort of life hack your way towards pleasing God. You know, that's just not, it's not an option. And that's not the way he sanctifies us. He doesn't sanctify us by saying like, here's these 10 top things that you can do to you know, become more like Mike, like me, he does it much more by transforming what we think about and what we meditate on and giving us those opportunities to practice and walking in, in the light and to practice being like him. And it's in the working out of that day by day that I think that growth comes and God's word is really essential to that because mm-hmm. I think calling back to what you said at the beginning of the podcast, if we don't know what um, God says about something, then it's going to be hard to discern in that moment what really we ought to be doing. And it's not that we are managing to be perfect. You know, reading God's word doesn't mean that I automatically am going to do the right thing, but it does mean, I think that we will much more quickly recognize sin for what it is. We will be able to agree with God that, you know, our sin is sin and that will enable us to turn around and come back in line with him. I think that it's, and it's on that level, I think where we are really called, called to grow. It's not that we're suddenly getting it perfect all the time, but it's that we suddenly have the language to understand God's more fully and ourselves more fully. And that helps us to, to keep on growing. And as Hebrews says, like the word of God is living and active. And one of the ways that it is, is because the Holy spirit is at work in us and, and helping us understand God's word and see it and apply it in our lives. And in Galatians, Paul talks about how, like we weren't saved by the spirit and now continue in our own, like, I'm going to read the word and I'm going to do it on my own. It's, it's still, the spirit and God at work in our lives that brings us that change. And one of the things he uses to do that is his word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it's not to say that we don't ever, you know, find in scripture things that are, I guess, more positive, you know, one, one key function of scripture is to move us toward worshiping God and Mm -hmm. loving him more. And if there's anything that I've been reflecting on recently, it's this idea that we are guided by what we love and the more we can increase our wonder and love and worship of God, then we will find that we are more compelled to walk like he walked and to come back and, and worship and love him and to hopefully live a life that, that pleases him. So I think that's a really important reason why, why we can read the word. It's because we just want to love God more. And the more we know about him and the more we know him personally through that engagement with his word, then the more we are able, able to love him, I think. For sure. Yeah. So Kylie, as we move toward the end of the podcast, I'd love to know whether you have felt any impact 
of time in God's word beyond just yourself. We've been talking a lot about personal growth and growing as individuals, but how has it impacted your family, your friends, just your wider circle of people around you? The biggest thing I think about is that while probably most believers I know have instances of a day where you open your Bible and whether it's a verse you turn to or just where you're reading in your reading plan really revolutionizes your life for how you think about God. Most of the time there isn't like one big moment of like, Oh, this day, like this passage changed my life. But most of the time it's the fruit of regular faithful reading. And then looking back and seeing like my husband summed it up. He's like, I'm not who I was. And to be able to look back and see that over a year or two years or five or 10 years to see how it has changed you kind of little by little. And without, as we've already kind of talked about, without reading scripture, you aren't reminded of who God is. You aren't reminded of how he wants you to live and what he's done for you. And that change and impact in our lives is a natural result of that. And that's what God's word is supposed to do. And I, and I've just seen, again, like speaking of my husband, again, just seeing him in the last couple of months, take kind of a deeper level to some of his like scripture memory and reading and just see some of the ways it's changed him and I just helped our whole family. Like, and that's, that's not, I think it can be easy to go to God's word thinking I'm coming because I want to change. And that's not always wrong because we are supposed to grow and be sanctified, but the goal is to know God more and that, that will result in change. I think that's really lovely and really encouraging to hear about your husband I think too, to see my kids to recognize God's word in other places and to be able to make connections back into it and to, you know, hear the parables and to recognize that they've, they've heard that somewhere else or that something is like this. And I can see that as much as they're exposed to the Bible, they are seeing how it is relevant to all these different places in their lives. And there's almost well, there isn't anything. I don't know that they've quite realized this yet, but there's nothing that that it doesn't touch. There's nothing that it's mm. not relevant to. And I just think it's it's so exciting to for them to be in a place where they are recognizing how relevant God's word is to to everything and how special and exciting it is. You know, this is these are things that they've heard to music. This is things, stories that they hear in church. This is things that we spend time on too. And I can see them just being so excited to meet that in other areas of their lives and just being, it's really exciting to see them grow in that. So Kylie, I think this has been a really fun conversation, but just as we wrap up, do you have a final word of encouragement for other mamas who want to know God more through his word? One of the things I've personally been convicted of in my relationship to scripture in the last couple of years has been just how scripture is true and it's stable and trustworthy. Like in, in the last two years when you're always like, well, I need to know what I'm supposed to do about, you know, how scared should I be of COVID? Should I get the vaccine? Should I not? What is going on politically? Like, and there's so many different opinions and it's overwhelming. And, but in God's word, like we have fact-checked truth and not only is it true, but thinking of in Psalm 19, where it says the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And he goes on and on. And so just seeing that and to come to God's word with delight and not, not as a burden, but as 
delight in God revealing himself and going to it as what is true. And it just bringing, I mean, it's brought so much, helped me sort through all of these unknowns and all that, just to have something that is, is stable and that isn't just going, isn't going to confuse me more, even though sometimes there are confusing things, but it also, it revives the soul and it makes you wise and it can rejoice your heart and enlighten your eyes. And it's, it's going to endure forever. And that's just, it's a great gift. That is super encouraging, Kylie. I think that is such an important note to end on. You know, it is, it, it is God inviting us to come to know him more, you know, to come and learn who he is. And yeah, there's conviction and discipline and challenge in what he says, but there's also delight. There is refreshment. There is you know, that everlasting water, there is that bread of life, there is satiation for our desire for what is true and eternal and lasting. And it is the word of a God who is our loving, thoughtful, careful creator. And yeah, it is so such a privilege to get to know him more through what he has written. So thank you so much for joining me today, Kylie. In the next episode, I'm going to be chatting with uh, Mama Theologians contributor, Kelsey Folsom, all about what we actually do when we open our Bibles to read and study. So in the meantime, we pray that God may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Hi, this is Amy again. Thanks so much for listening to Mama Theologians today. I hope you've been inspired and encouraged on your walk with the Lord. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please share it with a friend and your church. And don't forget to leave a review on iTunes and to follow Mama Theologians on social media to join the conversation about this episode. Music